It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview coming to you live here from the Valley on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me in the studio here at the Valley is uh, Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? All right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Spot anyone on your, on your way around today on the way in? Maybe. No one? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Ooh, maybe. Was, yeah, well, more on that later. <laughs> well, he didn't really actually, so don't, don't hang on for that. And also, also joining us... Uh, here in the studio is Mr. Nathan Miller. How you doing, Nathan? Living the dream. Are ya? Oh yeah. Gonna sell the dream to any former Nottingham Forest owners at any point? No. No. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Short and sweet. Yeah, on tonight's show. <laughs> yeah. On tonight's show, we will be discussing the fact that yesterday here at the Valley, a certain Mr. Fawaz Al Hawazi was spotted here at the ground, the former Nottingham Forest owner. Uh, so we'll discuss that. We'll also discuss a, a statement from Roland Duchatelet uh, that appeared on the club website during the week and the uh, the ins and outs of that and the reaction to it. Uh, and that's your free word review as well. Actually, we want to know how you reacted to that. Later on in the show, we're going to hear from new signing uh, Jamie Ward. We signed him on loan a couple of weeks ago. He's finally back from international duty, so we actually might actually get to see him play uh, on this weekend up at Bradford. Uh, so we're going to hear from him. Uh, we're going to hear from Lyle Taylor. We heard from him on Sunday, but we're going to hear from him again talking about his uh, strike partner, uh, Carlin Grant. Um, got um, time to look ahead to Bradford City after that. It's going to be Simon Parker from the Bradford Telegraph and Argus who's going to tell us how the Bantams have been shaping up in a bit of a difficult start uh, to the season from then. And of course, we're going to hear from the Charlton boss himself, Mr. Lee Bowyer, uh, previewing the game. Right, plenty of stuff to get your teeth into tonight. But first things first, yesterday evening, we're all sat there just trying to have a lovely time, weren't we? Enjoying our, our Wednesday evenings. I was watching a little bit of Friday night dinner, the sitcom, just having a nice time. And then my evening was ripped into shreds by a tweet uh, from a Hassan Saif. And it, the, uh, it was a photo of uh, the former Nottingham Forest owner, uh, Fawaz, how Sahawi, <laughs> him, um, at the Valley. And uh, the, uh, the caption of the tweet uh, said, very soon, loading. Uh, and it was a photo of Foaz here at the Valley. Hassan is Foaz's right-hand man. Uh, he was involved. I think he might be the CEO at Forest. His exact job title is quite unclear, but he was certainly involved at Nottingham Forest uh, while Fawaz was there. Uh, now, Fawaz's time at Forest was not without his controversies, to say the least. Uh, so whilst Charlton are now still in this bizarre, elongated process of trying to find out what's going on, you know, selling the club, for him to all of a sudden turn up and then you can see in the photo and sources confirmed that uh, he was being led round by Livron de Truc, Turk, uh, Roland's, you know, man in uh, at the club at the moment. All of a sudden, uh, some fans were slightly worried that they, the club might be going into the hands of someone who's quite recently had a very difficult spell at a different club. Yeah, it was uh, out of the frying pan into the fire for a lot of people, wasn't it? And when I first saw it, I couldn't remember because I, I was up at, uh, in Nottingham for uni and I couldn't remember if he was there 
when I was up or not, but he wasn't. And it, it used to be owned by someone else, didn't it, who, who sadly passed away. Um, and that was when I was up there and they were getting close to the playoffs every season and, and pushing forward. And then after that was when, when this guy came in. And since then, I think they've been close to relegation two or three times. They sort of remember a quote about someone being like their next Sir Alex Ferguson, which I'm sure we can relate to as well. And it was there was a lot of alarming similarities between what we've already got uh, and what was was being shown around the ground and you start to think is it suddenly is it better the devil we know um <laughs> which you know and we've got it bad at the moment but could it even be worse and like when we get new signings you take what people from those clubs say um and i mean they were very quick to say look you don't want this guy anywhere near your club um but yeah i mean it, it was very early days in terms of why he was being shown round but as you say the guy who was showing him round the the Belgian guy is as we understand it here to broker a deal between any potential buyer and Roland and so if he's showing him round and he has previously owned football clubs you assume therefore that uh, that that's why he's here um, but mm. yeah I mean we've story seems to have changed today but um, that's how it seemed last night. Yeah, the latest update uh, from Richard Corley this morning and then it was doubled down in the evening standard this evening was that um Roland presumably Charlton aren't happy with the fact that this photo was posted on social media now again it was posted by this Hassan uh, character so it wasn't by me originally but obviously once it's out there it's out there and then you can dissect it as you want and and uh, so apparently Roland's not too happy with that and the deal therefore may now already be off the table so you know you have and you have non-disclosure agreements when when you, when you get into pro um you know processes like this mm. uh, and if you've breached it within 24 hours you can see how that might you know uh, ruin the trust between the two parties and when there's so much money involved and of course trust is is an important thing i mean just looking at some of the comments from from forest fans here that, that replied to the tweet oh wow i really hope this doesn't go through he almost uh ruined nottingham forest uh, from one disaster for another uh, the EFL should be blocking this in no uncertain terms is from one Forest fan who tweeted me uh, another one said whatever you think of, of Roland Al Hassawi will take John to new lows in this case it really is a case of better the devil you know don't let Al Hassawi anywhere near Charlton take it uh, from Forest fans there was one Forest fan said he wouldn't even wish him on Derby County <laughs> and if you know the rivalry between the two clubs there uh, then you know that's quite serious because I mean what, what was your reaction Nate, when you saw that story when you saw he was floating around the valley yesterday um to be fair, to be fair, I laughed. It, to, you know, it sounds crazy, but it, it was only, it'll only be Cholton where, even though the rumours were rubbish, you go from Usmanov to Fawaz, <laughs> literally in days. And it's in it was it's, it was it was funny. And then I, I to be honest, I know there was unrest there, but I've done a little bit of digging yesterday, and their current chairman Nicholas, I think it was it Nicholas Randall QC or something. He said he said when he took over. The, the health of the club was it was like in, it was in intensive care yeah intensive care yeah. Is, is, yeah. and it's like we're going from <laughs> I won't use the analogy I used off there <laughs> but it's got, it's, you're like picking your poison aren't you yeah it's, and it's, it's insane and it's just only Charlton would get from everyone being oh this would be very nice to oh great so it's another one of these guys but in in, in you know in hindsight if you know, as Rich said, and uh, as the Evening Standard, if it isn't, you know, if they're not happy about it, hopefully they do think twice. Go, well, maybe we shouldn't touch this with a barge pole, um, because that, to me, straight away, it strikes me as worrying. Is it going to be even better than it is now? You know, everyone deserves another chance, and I think Fawaz come out and said he learnt lessons and 
blah de blah but I think we've um, heard that before somewhere as well so hopefully it just goes away like a bad smell that's not the right analogy but yeah hopefully we, I just want a normal geezer or a normal woman you know just to come and Steve take Evans. us over <laughs> just, uh, that's not a big, big geezer, geezer. <laughs> yeah. sorry yeah. your geezer's mixed up there <laughs> but yeah I just want someone normal there's got to be a rich chant fan out there there's got to be yeah, but you've got to be worth a hell of a lot more money than that. I mean, the, the only thing I will say is, I mean, so obviously now this non-disclosure agreement's been breached quite, you know, if that is the case, which is what's been reported, obviously quite flagrantly <laughs> all over Twitter. And Instagram as well. Mm. You know, I don't know if anything ended up on Snapchat or on Tinder, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's the other one? Grinder. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, the only thing I will say, I mean... If Roland is, though, still struggling to sell the club, which, as we can see, is, is the case, but if, if this Fawaz guy comes back to say, look, I'm really sorry, you know, we, we put it up on, you know, on teletext or whatever, <laughs> but um, actually, here's £50 billion. I mean, if he comes, obviously not that much, if he comes in with a really high offer, and all of a sudden, Roland probably won't care about the NDA, will he? He might be like, well, yeah. go on then. So, I mean, hopefully it's the end, but I mean, th- th- there's still scope that that could change, isn't there? I think so. Yeah, the the question would be why would he? Why would anyone want to spend that amount of money? Which is the thing we've come back to, irrespective of whether the new owner is any good or not. The fact is that Roland's trying to sell a product that's worth X amount for X amount plus fifty million, and that's what's causing him difficulty. Um, but you're right. Look, if somebody really sees that it's an investment worth worth buying, then you know it becomes a a bid and. If they bid the right amount, then Roland's going to accept. Personally, I don't think, and you would hope, certainly with someone who's perhaps had the the track record of, of this guy, but you would hope that they're more sensible than that and they'll offer a sensible amount. Mm. And until a sensible amount gets accepted, unfortunately, we're going to be stuck with Roland. But if that makes sure that we get an owner in who's going to take this club forward and actually do a decent job, then I'm prepared to wait. <laughs> It does. Um, I mean, obviously, like I say, we're, 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 you tend to go off what the Forest fans have told us about this this other this lot here with with uh, Al Hasawi and you know his motley crew or whatnot. But if if the impression that they were sort of giving is that oh, uh, you want to be careful about this lot, they're they're rather haphazard and a little bit incompetent. I guess what's happened over the last twenty four hours, where they've they've turned up and started tweeting photos <laughs> all over the shop, does sort of give that impression a little bit. Yeah, it does, and that's what I mean. I don't think like the Forest fans would just come out and just say it for the banter, because uh, they don't really have any rival with, with them apart from the Nick and our song. But with, <laughs> with, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it was a bit of it's like a schoolboy era because even the, even the picture itself it just made me laugh. So it looked like I don't know, like for what it was a front of an album cover or something. For what it's like, I don't know, <laughs> just like looking in the distance. Like, I don't know, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's crazy, especially if. If the guy is who did send it is you know in part of the regime, if you want to call it that, yeah, it's a bit weird. It seems very amateurish. But. Yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of the Forest fans. What they say, particularly about this Hassan guy, is quite interesting. Like I say, his his job title was actually quite hard to track down. But the Forest fans reckoned he came in with very little experience and just so happened to be a mate, which is <laughs> certainly something we've heard before. Uh, I mean, Fawaz was accused <laughs> of this? yeah. I mean, Fawaz was during his time at. Um, at Forest he was accused of meddling in the first team now whether he did or didn't that can't be proved by me uh, I'm sure there's quotes in papers and stuff though but that's certainly what he was accused from um, so I mean it, it would very much be like you know that, that meme of Spider-Man pointing at the other Spider-Man it's the same guy <laughs> it's very, mm. it sounds very similar um, so I think there'll be a fair few Trump fans who hope this won't be the case you know if it did if it turned out that it was the case then you'd have to 
some people think we're going to have to give him the benefit of the doubt. Other people certainly won't. So it's interesting. But let's park that now because hopefully that's not going to be the case. But that's what's happened so far this week. Right, something else that's happened this week. Now, this is only two days ago. And it was so crazy at the time. And I, I, I saw this happen. I thought, brilliant. That's the first 20 minutes of the show sorted for Thursday. We've already forgotten about it. So basically, you know, in... Um, we all remember the, the statement after the Middlesbrough game protest a few years ago, which clearly came from Renan Duchatelet himself. I remember I was sat at Ebbsfleet watching the Kent Senior Cup game with the Charlton under-23s, and I just so happened to be staring at someone's laptop while they were while they had to be uh, posting a statement that came direct from Ronan. So I knew where that came from. This one's got all the hallmarks of this of a, a, a statement uh, posted on the Charlton website on Tuesday. Uh, you know, we're, we're all aware that the EFL... Uh, is is due to meet the club uh, and also the supporters trust. Uh, it turns out it's going to be o- early October this meeting, uh, and the club have uh, you know officially no name on this, but it's come directly from the club. Another clue is it hasn't been tweeted or put on Facebook or anything. It's only been on the club website. Normally, when that happens, it's because certain people uh, don't want to <laughs> don't want too many people to see it. So this is what the statement says. Uh, it says. Um, the EFL has said they want to meet the club to get a full understanding of the current situation that surrounds the club. One of the key factors that's played a role in the differences between the fans and the ownership has been around communication. Therefore, the club has written to the EFL and suggested as part of the process that they examine the communications by the club, by card, <laughs> the Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust on various social media platforms. Once they have analysed the past communication and have a broader awareness of all the facts, we have asked the EFL to make the recommendations on how the club and other groups can improve this. Uh, we have asked that recent events investigated include the employee bonus issue, cost efficiencies relating to cleaning and the supply of drinking water at the training ground. We've also asked the EFL to consider, are the cost efficiencies helping the sale of the club? Are the protests helping the sale of the club? The club will meet with the EFL in early October to discuss in more details. Tom, your initial reaction to the statement? <laughs> Complete nonsense. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I don't even understand really what it's trying to say. And the two questions, are the cost efficiencies helping to sell it? No, because we're not selling it. Are the protests helping the sale? Well, they've got nothing to do with it. Absolutely nothing to do with it. No one's coming round. What's his name? And looking round the ground yesterday and going, yeah, but there was a protest here a couple of weeks ago with crisps. So I would have bought it. But So it's complete madness. And it just seems to be... It's just a rant, again, and it's trying to dig out other people, trying to point the finger at other people. It's got nothing to do with communication Mm. anymore. That was a problem at the start, and a problem that, to a certain extent, got resolved because we did start to get more communication about things. It's maybe not been the communication we want, but it has been. So to then go, oh, yeah, the EFL forgot all about that. It's actually about communication. That that was always the problem. Well, no, it's not. It's not that at all anymore. So, uh, yeah, just another mad rant that... um, it's just well you're laughing when you read it out it's, it is just laughable I know, I know over the years we have actually I've certainly done it on Twitter a couple of times tried to compare Roland Duchatelet to Donald Trump but I was reading through this and I was like this is just him like when, when Donald keeps talking about Crooked Hillary about four years after mm. after the thing was like this is him saying but her emails but about Card like, what about Card's emails I mean, what, I mean how on earth does he expect the EFL to go to Card who they have absolutely no control over and ask them to improve their tweeting. I mean, what's all that about? I don't know, he's sandwich short of a picnic, isn't he? He's like, the only thing that makes sense in that, whatever it is, isn't even a statement, it's just a date and a time. And if everything else is a load of old pants. There's no date or time on it, actually. At the bottom, right at the bottom. <laughs> Oh, there is right at the bottom. Uh, oh, that's, uh, there you go. That's there. That, near here or there, but it's just I don't know. You like you said? Oh yeah, can the EFL please send a letter to Card Please to improve yeah. the communication? <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, we'll do that. 
because they're really going to adhere to what the EFL say. I mean, the geezers. If it, I don't know, mate. It's yeah. But also, he said we've asked that recent events investigated include the bonus issue. That's what everyone else wants investigated because <laughs> he's presumably broken yeah. contract. If that's to be believed, I wonder. What so I everyone like, else wants that investigated too. Is like what I'd like on there is I'd like him to answer his own question like Bose does. <laughs> yeah. Are the cl- are the cost efficiency helping the sale of the club? Right, you answer that thing. Yeah. Go on. What do you think? Yeah. Absolute. <laughs> If only I just Person. wish you'd put put a third question. We want the EFL to consider are the cost efficiencies helping the sale of the club? Are the protests helping the sale of the club? Has he played the game? No, he hasn't played the game. Dude, does the EFL want yeah. Roland out? <laughs> the EFL's just some big geezer organisation. Big bunch of geezers. <laughs> seeing up there. Yeah. Uh, right, so that was that was Roland's statement now. Uh, of course, um as you'd expect there was a reaction. Uh, to it from uh, the coalition against Roland du Chatelet, uh, who are uh, part of the. Uh, I mean, they're, they're protesting outside the EFL uh, headquarters tomorrow. Actually, the ones in London. Just uh, listen to this one when you read it out. Yeah. In, t- in terms yeah. of making sense. Right. The Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust, which is part of CARD, is already due to meet the EFL on October the seventeenth. However, all elements of the coalition are keen to assist uh, the EFL in any investigation relating to its wider activities and the club's current operations. Uh, in respect to communications, we believe the EFL would need to interview a number of national, local and uh, London journalists in order to gain an understanding of recent stories about the club, a number of which have necessarily been sourced from and indeed attributed to uh, Du Chatelet's own current employees rather than supporters' groups. Uh, we invite the EFL to consider uh, the qualifications and experience of people Du Chatelet has employed in senior positions at the club since 2014, as well as the current lack of executive management at the Valley and the contribution that this has made to Charlton's predicament along with the activities of supporters over that period. Uh, In particular, we would like the EFL to carry out an independent audit of the staff bonus issue, but only on the basis that the owner agrees to be bound by the outcome. We further invite the EFL to consider and disclose whether the club's own repeated statements to staff and supporters in respect of the EFL's position as the obstacle to the proposed takeover are a truthful and complete explanation of the hold-up or whether they are... materially misleading uh, the club wants the EFL to consider whether cost efficiencies reported by the media or protest uh, of which there has been one and match since in 2018 are helping the sale of the club any meaningful examination of these points would surely also need to consider whether Du Chatelet's asking price is actually the major reason the club has not been sold Carl believes the EFL could perform a useful service to all concerned by investigating all these matters thoroughly and pledges its full cooperation we have nothing to hide However, this must be on the basis that any sucks examination is independent, balanced, and that the outcome will be published, even if directly, even if it directly undermines this latest bizarre attempt by the owner to deflect responsibility from his own serially incompetent administration of the club. Plenty of points in there, Tom. Yeah, and like I say, it's succinct, it's clear, it's well written. You understand what they're asking for. It sounds like it's been written by people who who know what they're doing and I think whether you like card or not whether you agree with what they're doing or not I think their communication has always been brilliant I don't think when they've had a go at the club or the owner or whoever they've done it with purpose and it's it's made sense and it's been rational it hasn't just been some some rant of passion or emotion they've thought about it and they've put the facts across and and they're right asking those two questions that Roland's chosen to target or whoever you know I mean it pretty much it is him but that the club have put out 
what about all the other things? Like mm. he's not asking them to address them. And Carter saying, well, no, actually, these are all the points you need to consider. And let's, if we're going to do this, let's do this properly. I mean, it's, it's been a running narrative throughout this this four four and a half years or so, nearly coming up to five years now. Actually, wouldn't it be yeah, of the of Ronan's ownership uh, that are oh, the fans of you know is when. Uh, the, you know, Katrine would often point the finger at the fans, the supporters. I mean, Roland quite clearly said in his statement after the Middlesbrough game a couple of years ago that some people want the club to fail. I mean, can the supporters take any blame for the situation that's happened over the last few years? No, no, not for me. No, not at all. I think can they be blamed for for protesting? You can protest. You can't be blamed for being protest. You have a right to protest. There's only one. The person at the top of the tree at the end of the day is is, is the governor, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I mean, so, I mean we'll put this question because I think this is what Roland saw. What, hmm. what could the fans have done differently in this case that, that would have suddenly <laughs> what, made to help him? Yeah, to get back Not into the championship. Anything. That's yeah. what he wants. He wants us to yeah. all just to sit there and like a customer and just sit there. Because I mean, but, it's quite clear that protests didn't start before anything was going wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's not like we started protesting on day one. It's yeah. not like we, no one gave him a chance. It's not like no one, you know, it's not like everyone started throwing packets of crisp on the day he signed the club because. Everyone, you know, was quite. I think thinking back, everyone was quite looking forward to it when Richard Murray come out and said, mm. you know, we don't have to sell our best players. You know, we're going to be competitive and stuff. And it's only when when we were being run in a shoddy way, in my opinion, um, that you know it all started and and that's where it's ended up. So I don't think you can ever blame the fans for how it's gone because it's only down to one person or two people and. He's he's at the top of the tree, so he's there mm. to be shot. I don't think me. in the last four four or five years there's been any game you could argue that the fans haven't at least at the start tried to give a hundred percent. All you should be doing as fans is either coming or not coming if you feel that's what you want to do, and then backing the team. And even during the protests, we saw well results prove it. We got behind the team, and even through games, even the six nil or five nils away from home under Carroll. The fans at least tried. They travelled there. They spent hundreds of pounds travelling across the country to back the team. So that's doing everything and more than he can ask for because he shouldn't even expect that of fans. That's a fan's choice to do that. So fans have gone above and beyond time and time and time again and will continue to do so for the rest of their lives mm. because that's what fans do. But he shouldn't have any expectation of the fans. Mm. He doesn't see us as fans. Does no, he? not Which at is, all. He, I know we've said about a customer thing before, but it is true because he doesn't see... As you buying into the club and something you work all week for to go and enjoy, he just sees that oh, you just pay, and if you mm. lose, you lose. If but we were coming the... here and we were getting games abandoned and we were getting points deductions, or we were Fines abusing players, play. or making it clear that players couldn't play, or anything like that, I'd understand. Would I even understand that? I don't even know if I would, because even that's his fault for the way he's run the club. Mm. But at least then he perhaps would have a point in that that's not helping the team. Mm. But that's not what it's been like at all. The questions he's asked, the two bullet points, he said, we have also asked the EFL to consider, are the cost deficiencies helping the sale of the club? Are the protests helping the sale of the club? I mean, what does he expect the EFL to turn around and say there? Because the EFL aren't the ones selling the club. No. So how, how would they know How would they know what's going on? Like the EFL weren't walking around with Fawaz yesterday, were yeah. they? Mm. So they don't know why he why this has fallen through yesterday, it's been reported, but um, you know they don't know why the Aussies haven't yet purchased the club. And what's that... I mean, how are they going to pin that on the protests? No, exactly. And I think the way he's written it, it sounds like he's doing it in a smarmy way, saying, yeah, I know I'm right on this one. What if the yeah. EFL say, what, if, what was the answer to the question? Are the uh, cost efficiency helping the sale of the club? What if they say, no, it's not? Yeah. Well, is he going to go, yes, it is? <laughs> they're, so, turn, they're turning the lights off. They're saving me money. It's like, yeah, yeah, the EFL won't try to foul. That's all it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, 
He's tried putting it to say, oh, yeah, look, I'm right. And they know it's they know that the cost efficiency are helping the sale of the club. Well, no, because as soon as we get taken over, everything that you've just tried stripping yeah. is going to get gonna put go back in place back. anyway. Yeah. So it's actually pointless doing what you're doing. But mm. yeah, and it's interesting. Like I say, that he's asked the EFL uh, to analyse. In particular, I find that the fact that he's asked the EFL to <laughs> analyse the communication of cards <laughs> and of the Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust. Because I mean, surely for starters, they have absolutely no affiliation. To yeah, them. they have absolutely no jurisdiction over these two <laughs> these two groups of people. I mean, Maybe it's not. Yeah, I was going to say it's not like the the EFL aren't allowed to start listening to the podcast and start telling them actually, Louis, you're not allowed to. Yeah, they ain't going to do that, and they can't do that with Card, and they can't do that with the Charlton Athletic Sports Trust. And then for the only thing I'm saying, I guess what he's trying to imply there is that these people have been unfair to him. But you know, come up, come back with a better answer than well, look, look what they said. Come back with an answer as to why you're right and why Card are wrong and yeah. why the Charlton Athletic Supports Trust. This is Supporters Trust. Card, right? Card are a protest group. I understand that, and I understand the Supporters Trust have decided to align themselves with Card because of the situation at the club. But the Supporters Trust, I mean, go go to a support. The Supporters Trust own some clubs. I mean, they they are literally like the the nicest fans you're going to get. They're the fans who love the club to the extent that they want to join join together and try and make it better for everyone. Yeah, and and as I said before, the EFL have no power to do anything anyway. But even if they played up to this and they went, all right, then we're going to investigate card. We're going to get every statement card I've ever written and look at it. They, what are they going to criticise? They've not said anything, as far as I'm aware, that's you know that they sh- shouldn't have said. They might have criticised him, but everything they've said has been based on facts. Yeah. I mean, if, if they feel like if he feels like it's been unfair, then why is he not? Why is there not a libelous exactly. yeah. situation yeah, going exactly, on? That's exactly what I was going to yeah. say. Excellent. Right, let's have a uh, very quick break here on Charlton Life. When we come back, we're going to start concentrating on uh, on you know football. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Silver steps in, wins it back for Charlton, comes away on a run and then feeds Fossu over halfway. Fossu on the left-hand side, they're heading towards the penalty area, looking to take on Pond. Gets in the box, is he going to fall over? No, he's got his yes! There's number three! So welcome back, this is Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Just before we go into our interview with Jamie Ward, I forgot to do the three-word review of uh, Roland's statement. So I'll put it out there to the supporters uh, on Twitter. Uh, what is your three-word review of uh, what Ronan de Chatelet's statement said on the club website? Ray Bate said, same old ball. Uh, Red Zed said, looking to parley. Uh, Susie said, huh? 
with the two brackets down each side. So you count those as two words. Uh, John said, what on earth? Uh, Justin Fletcher said, please just leave. Roger Tra sent in a, a diatribe of uh, abuse, which I'm not going to be able to read out, unfortunately. Non-user account said, losing the plot. James Franklin said, typical Duchatelet spin. And Red Red Robin 76 said, it was expected from... <coughs> him now uh we've uh, signed jamie ward on loan you may maybe easy to forget that because we did that a couple of weeks ago we had seen him since obviously he went off uh with northern ireland but he's finally back now uh, and he's starting to settle in uh with the lads so jamie ward uh, had, i think it was his first training session uh, with the lads today and this is how he felt it went yeah it feels good to eventually get here like i say it's been a, a little while obviously since uh, the loan was was all agreed so Seems to have took forever the, the last 12 days or so, and but now I'm here and yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I've had a good morning. Uh, lads are great lads, so it's important now to hit the ground running. It must have been a bit of a weird situation signing and then not being here the next day and being away for, for almost two weeks. Yeah, definitely. Usually if you move, you, you're there the next day, so uh, I was probably a little bit nervous in all honesty. I think because it built up a little bit too much not being here so, uh, for a little while. and Yeah, but I think now obviously totally fine through the doors this morning and and hopefully we can kick on as a team and carry on with the unbeaten run your first training session today how was it how was it to get sort of in and amongst it with yeah lads? great uh, at the end of the day all I want to do is play football and and that's the most important thing uh, hopefully as long as I stay injury free then, then that could be the case here as long as I'm performing we've obviously got very good front players in the group so it's going to be a battle for, for places and, and that's where people should take that into their, into their game and hopefully make them perform better. You obviously, you've trained today, you're at our game against Southend, which we won. I mean, what have you made of, of the lads so far from what you've seen? Uh, the, the battle, uh, we've got a lot of pace and power up, up top, so uh, if, if in doubt, just, just clip in behind and let them two chase after it. But yeah, they play some good football and, and that's good to see. It's uh, it, The most important thing is you want to try and play football and, and get out of the league. Uh, as well as you can and as quick as you can so if, I'm sure if we keep playing like that and, and getting them products then, then we'll be okay. Since signing and since the South End game you've obviously been away with Northern Ireland. Josh McGuinness who of course used to be here is in the Northern Ireland squad. Is he someone you spoke to about Charlton? Yeah I spoke to Josh uh, when I got uh, news of uh, the, the potential loan move so and he, he didn't have a bad thing to say about the place. He, he loved his time here so uh, it, it always helps when, when someone likes that knows the club inside out, knows the lads and, and uh, it, it settled me a little bit to, to obviously sign in it. So there he was, Jamie Ward there uh, chatting to George Jones from Valley Pass. If you want to hear that full interview, make sure you head over to Valley Pass and pay uh, a subscription and you can hear the, the, the full interviews and there's loads of stuff on there on Valley Pass as well as the matchday commentaries as well. Um, I was going to say he's like a new signing. He's a new signing, obviously, but the fact he's now come back is like is like he's a new signing that's only come in this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In as much as we've gone through the last two weeks without him, and we've got two wins out of two in the league. So uh, yeah, you look at that. Okay, away at Southend, we're saying he's unlucky. <laughs> Maybe yeah, but we've had uh, we had Josh come in, obviously, um, played well at Southend. We got the win. And then obviously he went off. Um, we lost out on Ward as well. Uh, come up against Wickham without those two still win the game um, so now we're going to Bradford and this is probably the fullest fittest squad we've had and even now we've got a couple of injuries as well um, but yeah he's an exciting player and again just one that adds a little bit of experience um, and he's going to be one that I think 
can can add something more creatively going forwards as well. I think even though we've scored what four or five goals in the last two games, I still think we could be doing better going forwards. Um, and I think he will offer that particularly while Fosu is still sitting out his ban as well. It's just nice to actually have a little bit of competition. So like like Tom just said there, now Fosu's out. Oh, he's going to play well, and Jose as well. All of a sudden we've got Ward coming back, and you know he's a bit a bit older actually, a bit more experience as well. So all these things you think are going to be. You know, plus points for him. Yeah, exactly. I think it, gives, it provides good competition. He's good at set pieces. He works hard, direct. But I think also when you know, if even when uh, Fosu does come back, um, it puts it puts the other people under pressure to perform because they know they've got someone more than capable to come off the bench or even start to um, to fill in for him. Because obviously, Bo's already said. I think Jamie Ward is. Um, I keep calling him Danny Ward, but Jamie Ward is a good, good championship player. So, they're good, and and that's what we've needed recently. I think in previous seasons we've we've probably known our team, especially when Ricky Holmes is here. We could probably know name our team every single week, and then you wouldn't really it wouldn't really change from that. Um, but I think now it's going to give Bose a bit of a headache. That's a you know he's going to welcome a lot more for sure. Mm. Uh, and and the. Uh the player himself said he spoke to uh, Josh McGuinness, former Charlton striker, uh, Northern Irish uh, teammate as well with the national team. So that's, I mean, he obviously said some nice things about the club. So obviously with the, the problems going on boardroom level, but it sounds like, you know, particularly under Boya and, and, and under Carl, to be mm. fair, last season, I think the team spirit, you know, <coughs> we compare that to where it was towards the end of the season before when we were <laughs> struggling a little bit in, in, in that front. You know, team spirit, and it, it seems like it, the players all seem to pull together as one. It seems like a nice place to come and, you know, do your work and play your football. Definitely. That's how it comes across to us, so it's good that, that that's happening with players as well. We've seen the pull that Bowyer's already had and, and getting players over the line, and it sounds like players, are, like you say, have got nice stuff to say about the club as well. And I think you're right to reference Carl as well, because I think for a lot of last season, the mood was good. Um, obviously, he went off towards the end of the season to go to Oxford, but... I mean, the lift Bowyer gave when he came in was something else and we saw the run we went on. Um, okay, we've maybe not carried that on. You know, we, it's not like we've gone on and won every game now, but we're performing very well this season as well. And you see the way, look at the way they all celebrated around Nabi Saar the other day. Um, you know, there's a, there's a good unit there and uh, it, it does look like a nice place to play their football and, and I think it's showing with the results that we're getting. Right, we had a good tweet in during the week uh, yesterday or to this afternoon even from Paul uh, Quinn always says uh, glad that you're praising Carlin Ahern, or Carlin Grant uh, he would have been listening to Sunday's show uh, he said I think uh, he will be an outstanding talent remember being at Sheffield Wednesday game a few years back when he started and the fellow next to me booed him for losing the ball couldn't believe how quick this guy jumped on Carlin's back we need to support him and we have certainly been singing the praise of uh, Carlin Grant so far this season another man has been doing so is Lyle Taylor uh, obviously, Carlin Grant has assisted a couple of his goals uh, recently, with a little help, of course, from Patrick Bauer on the weekend. But uh, Lyle Taylor's been really pleased with his strike partner so far. Yeah, I don't know what Pat was doing there, to be honest with you. Um, but Carlin, yet again, Carlin down the side, beats his man 1v1 time and time and time again. And, and that is a, an invaluable um, skill and talent that he has. Um, yeah, okay, I got the final touch and put it in the back of the net, but for me, that goal comes down to the work that Carlin did last week, comes down to the work that Carlin did. And I, yeah, okay, I, it, it might say Taylor on the on the score sheet, but really and truly, the for me, the praise goes to him um, and it goes to Pat for putting the ball back across the goal. 
Um, so so that's that's that. I mean, yeah, it's nice to score. It's always nice to score. But without my teammates, I am simply a bloke running around the field like a headless chicken, trying trying not to lose his rag and get kicked every time. The partnership, the partnerships go. Um, it's going quite nice. It is. It is. I mean, it's a another. Okay, it's not directly an assist, but for me, it is an assist in, in what Kyle has done. Um, so it's it's a big thank you to him and uh, a big thank you to the ball in from Reevesy to for Naby to to score his goal because that causes carnage and and Naby ends up poking the ball home um, there's things we can work at and we will work at offensively defensively um but but we'll we'll get there we'll be we'll be okay because we we want to be better um Lee was saying a few minutes ago that um you did some extra training in the soup of the run to get you up to where he wants to be, do you feel like you're not fit? <coughs> just asking that bit extra. Um, <clears throat> every manager is different. Now, the role that I'm being asked to play is, is fine by me. So if that means that Mr. Lee Bowyer has to run me on a Tuesday afternoon or, or Tuesday after the morning session or whenever it might be, then that's his prerogative. If he wants me to be fitter, it's not because he's punishing me. Because if he was punishing me, I wouldn't be playing. Um, I understand that the fitter I am, the better I am. Um, so, quite simply, if, if the gaffer asks me to do <coughs> anything, I'll do it. I might not do it with a smile on my face, but I'll do it and it will be done to benefit me and to benefit the team and to benefit the club, the fans and, and everybody else involved. So I'm not upset or pissed off, as it were. Um, I'm simply another player trying to be better. So there's Lyle Taylor there. Um Weed off. Um, <laughs> about, well, not weed off. Actually, he's not upset or weed off. Luckily, um, uh, talking about obviously you got you got, you got some extra running from Lee Bowyer in the build-up to last week's game against Wickham, uh, which he was happy enough to do. Um, but uh, you know, mainly talking about his strike partner, Carl and Grant. Now, obviously, we've been talking about the partnership between the two of them all all season so far because it's been brilliant. Yeah, it has, and. Um... Yeah. I mean, in terms of, uh, uh, yeah, Carlin, I think last season, he, when he was banging him in for Crawley, I think there was a show we sat here and said, would you call him back? And well, I think we all said no. Well, he needs that He needs that rhythm. He needs that time to go out and loan and, and score goals. And he's done that. And yeah, he started well, but there's still going to be inconsistencies with him, with, with a lot of our young players. And um, it's nice to see him re- doing really well because he's such a direct player. You could see that he used to bang him in for the youth level um, consistently and it's nice that he's he's learning and he's obviously forged a, a decent little partnership with Lyle yeah and uh, I mean the two of them like I say I can't remember the last time we actually had a partnership that worked that well up top probably Bradley and Paul Hayes maybe yeah. Oh, yeah. at the start of the season uh, yeah, yeah and then maybe with Jan as well mm-hmm. but yeah I mean we're going back to a time when we stormed the title so yeah it's been a long time coming and a lot of that's obviously down to Carl and the way he chose to play um but yeah, I think goals over the last few years have been hard to come by. I was looking at our the season we got relegated from the championship. I think Goodmanson was our top scorer with like mm. four or five or something <laughs> ridiculous. And so we've had it tough. But I think yeah, Lars been a great bit of business. Um, and when you combine him with someone like Carlin, who I think has shown glimpses of what he can do in the first team over the last few years, like Nave says, to have that confidence booster that that's half season at Crawley last year, um, I think he's deserving everything he gets. And 
Igor's getting more and more fit now and, and he's keeping him out of the team and rightly so because those two like uh, Lyle says himself are forming a very good partnership they've ironed out those little things they were getting wrong in the opening two or three games in terms of decision making and if they can continue to do that then uh, then we look very good going forwards Excellent. Right, it's almost time to start uh, focusing on Saturday's trip up to Valley Parade to take on Bradford City. Just a very quick one, actually. I just want to uh, point out that the China Athletic women's team are playing their first game of the season next Wednesday. And it's a particularly special game uh, for Charlton Life because we are sponsoring uh, the game. So we're all going to be down there uh, at the Oakwood in uh, in Crayford uh, to watch the game against Aston Villa, 7.45pm uh, kickoff next Wednesday. Uh, we'll probably talk a bit more about it on uh, on Sunday as well because, uh, like I say, we are sponsoring the game. We're looking forward to getting down there. Uh, it'd be great to get as many Charlton fans down there as possible. We can get a season ticket for the women's team for just 40 quid. I mean, that's that's really affordable. So even if you can't go to every game, if you want to support the team, you know, they, they do need funding. You know, they're, they're, they're a separate entity to the to the men's team and to, and to the community trust. So they need funding. They're in the championship now for the first time, which is the second highest uh, division uh, in, in women's football. Um, and uh, you know it'd be great if uh, if you can come down with us ne- next Wednesday, or if you can get your season ticket, just go and support the girls uh, because they deserve it for the, the how well they've done over the last couple of years. Yeah, I think that yeah that we've gone and seen them a few times. I think they played um, play some good stuff for girls. I think Ratisha's uh, got them playing well. They've got some new additions. Um, you'll probably see obviously um, uh, Kit bang some goals in like she always does. Mm. Um, and yeah, hopefully she could do it Wednesday. It's gonna be a, Good, good, uh, good, good night out. Yeah, right. So that's Wednesday down at the Oakwood, uh, the home of VCD. If you if you need to know where that is, but it's basically it's in between sort of Crayford and Barnhurst, I think it is. So over that way, we'll be down there next Wednesday, seven forty-five p.m. kickoff. Make sure you come and join us. Right, let's start looking ahead to uh, Saturday's trip up to Valley Parade to take on Bradford City. Um, it's been it's been an interesting start uh, to the season. Uh, for for the Bantams, already been a managerial change at Valley Parade, so it's been a very uh, turbulent start. So I caught with Simon Parker from the Bradford Telegraph and Argus to find out how it's been going for them up there in Bradford. Been, yeah, it's been a bit traumatic to be honest. I mean, the, it, you know, it was, a, it was a very left field appointment in the summer when they they promoted the under 18s coach Michael Collins. I mean, admittedly, he has got all his coaching badges, but I think no one saw it coming. And, and it was one of those appointments that you sort of thought straight away the public re- general reaction was what the, you know. So, I mean, he was up against it a little bit from the start, which you had to feel for him in a way because obviously he was sort of thrust into that position. But, you know, they've got, they've got a brand new team. I mean, they made 16 signings over the summer, you know, literally just sort of ripped the team and started again. And so far, you know, the form was, I mean, they won the opening game at Shrewsbury. Entertaining game could have gone either way. And then, it just tailed off and some of the performances were awful and, you know, pretty pretty early on, within weeks, you realised it was going to be a case of when, not if, they make a change and they obviously made the change last week, bringing in David Hopkins. And was the uh, the fans' reaction to, to David Hopkins coming in being like? Um, I think relief in a sense. I mean, there's a lot of anger with the chairman right now. I mean, obviously, you know, talking to a Charlton fan, it's, it's sort of, <laughs> maybe not that quite that situation yet but I mean there's certainly you know a lot of discord with, with the owners currently and um, probably the one thing that fans would say he's, he's, he's got right of late the chairman here is, is to make the change I mean you know the, the, looking back obviously in hindsight the, the Michael Co- Michael Collins appointment looked you know as, as obviously a mistake at the time but he, he's now gone sort of the opposite gone for an experienced manager obviously David Hopkins 
you know, he's he's looking to break into the English game. He had a cracking record at Livingston, took him up successive promotions on a very small budget. And he, he's just got the feel of a proper old school manager about him. He's only been in a week, but just talking to talking to him, what he's trying to implement here, it's it's almost like a back to basics move, which is given Bradford's situation currently, it's exactly what they need. And, and do, do you think, because obviously he's come in just after the, the transfer windows closed, has he got the players there available to try and turn this form around? Yeah, well, that, that, that's the issue for him. I mean, you know, they brought a lot, of, as I say, a lot of players in over the summer. I mean, you know, some good players who currently aren't living up to their reputation. But what doesn't help at the moment is there are a few injuries. So he's, he's, he is quite limited of what he can do. And it must be a source of great frustration for him. Because, as you say, he comes in a week after the transfer deadline. You know, he can he could possibly look at free agents maybe, but you know, there's a few missing right now. And but he, he needs basically players so far who've, who've not performed anywhere near what they're capable of to sort of step up and, and start doing that. I mean, that that's been the biggest disappointment. You know, you've got players. I mean, you're currently without central midfielder Hope Backpan, who's who's injured, but he was one of those who came in in the summer from Burton, played virtually his whole career at Championship level, and just has looked really off it in the first few weeks. And players like that, you sort of think. You know, with their pedigree, they should be doing a lot more in this league. So, you know, there's a lot of, lot of players who need to pull their socks up. But as you say, he's slightly hampered by the fact that he hasn't got many options to change things because of, you know, lack of personnel. And you mentioned earlier about a little bit of discord between the fans and, and, well, and the owners. Um, I mean, because they've gone through four managers so far this year. So, so what is the feeling at the club? Is it a little bit, this a little bit of chaos at the moment? Or is it more the, the owners are sort of still trying to find their feet in the game? Well, it's, it's a strange one because, I mean, the owners have been here for just over two years now. They came in and then the first season went fantastic. They also got the playoff final. They lost to Millwall in a, in a final with very little in it. Lost a goal five minutes at the end. And then and, and up to Christmas this last season, it sort of carried on where they left off. I mean, Stuart McCall, who's club legend, was manager at the time. And basically, they were never out of the top six. They were actually a fixture in the playoffs. And then over Christmas, and early New Year, a few injuries bit. They couldn't get players in in January. There was a lot of disappointment. I think that's when the cracks started to appear, when basically people felt that the owners didn't support Stuart as well in the transfer window as they should have done, considering the position they were in, you know, after promises that if they were up there challenging, they would back them. And I think they felt that wasn't there. There were players missing, key players missing, and they had a losing run of five league games in a row and a, and a cup defeat. And basically, they pulled the trigger at that point. And, you know, there's very few fans agreed with the decision, even given that run bearing in mind how well they've done before that and since then it's sort of been well by slippery slope I mean they brought Simon Grayson in on a short term contract which looked at the time looked a great appointment given his fantastic track record of getting teams up from this league but again a bit like David Hopkins now he, he, he come in after the transfer window so he couldn't bring any players in and I think he only won three in 14 games so when his contract ran out they offered him a new one and he said thanks but no thanks and that's when sort of really sort of stumbled through the summer. So it's it's been a it's been a real mishmash, a real mess of a year to be honest. I mean their form in 2018 has been dreadful. So they they just need sort of someone to steady the ship before they can start looking upwards again. And I think they're hoping that if he's allowed to do so, you know David Hopkins can sort of get get a grip of this squad and hopefully sort of at least at least level things out. And uh, Hopkins' first game, of course. Um... It, quite infamous already. The, the two 0 up with six minutes left to play the other day at Blackpool and losing three two. So I guess that must have been a bit of a shock to the system and one that he's going to hope to get a reaction from on Saturday. Yeah, it was a classic welcome to Bradford City, wasn't it? I mean, 
you know, to be honest, he, he's trying to just make him a bit more organised. He's sort of like hard to beat, you know. There's, there's a touch of Phil Parkinson about him, which you can see already in, in terms of where he wants to line his teams up, you know. They may not play flowing football quite so much now. But, I mean, yeah, you know, having basically sort of kept Blackpool out in the first half while creating very little, they suddenly scored two in five minutes over, over the hour point. And at that point, you know, they looked in control. And then, as you say, it all went, you know, all fell off the wagon in the last 10 minutes. And, and sort of basically a combination of, I think, you know, sort of very fragile confidence and probably a fact that there was a lot of tired legs out there because of the amount of running that Hopkins had them doing, which perhaps they weren't doing before. So, so as you say, yeah, they'll be looking for a reaction. I mean, it's his first home game and he's, you know, talking to him, there's a real buzz about him. I mean, he had a brief career here. You know, so ironically, he's still the club's record signing. Hmm. He was two and a half million when he came here from Leeds. But he was only here seven months, and most of that he was injured, so it was a sort of a not very sweet stay. So he, he's he's very excited about the occasion, you know, and he, he wants to sort of you know all the talk about making Valley Parade a fortress and what have you. But I think he just wants to put in a performance and show his team, you know, are fighting for the cause again and get those fans back on side because, as you say, there is that disconnect, which hopefully won't spill out onto the onto the pitch. But, but certainly in a game against Charlton, you know, they, they know they've got to be on top of their game. The only problem is, of course, he's, he's got a few injuries fighting, so it's you know he's limited in what he can do. But I think there'll be a well-drilled side if nothing else. And if you had to pick one man to be the danger man on Saturday, uh, that Charlton fans should be worried about, who would you pick? Uh, Jack Payne. You know, he's um, they've got him on a year's again. He's another summer signing. You sort of heralded as a, a great capture. I mean, he's on a season-long loan from Huddersfield. And, you know, he, he was fantastic in this league last year. Or he was obviously at Oxford for the first half of the year. And then he went to Blackburn. So, and he, and he, you know, he, he, he looked class the whole time. And he, he scored three goals, but he, he's got something different about him. You know, he's one of these who pops up in unusual areas. He's, he's got very great great control of the ball. He's got good vision and he, and he makes things happen. And, you know, he's, he's got that sort of bit of the X factor, which, you know, is probably lacking on the team around him. So... So certainly, if Payne can find the room, he's, he's a bit of a Billy Clark type player, to be honest. If he can find the room, then he, and he can hurt anyone. There we go. Thanks to uh, Mr. Parker there, Simon Parker from the Bradford Telegraph and Argus. Uh, he's uh, he's the main man in the know up in Bradford and he uh, lets us know how they're getting on. Obviously, it's been a very difficult start to the season for them. And now, even worse, they've hired a manager who used to play for Crystal Palace. So they're in all sorts of trouble. Yeah, they're having a tough old time. Um, a bit like Sh- Shrewsbury, really. He had a okay season last season I mean Shrewsbury's obviously far better than theirs and then dropped off a bit this year they were doing really well under was it Stuart McCall they had last year um, Simon Grayson after yeah, they had everyone because then they went for a few didn't they yeah but um, yeah ever since that started to happen really they've, they've sort of struggled and it's been the same this year they've what won one or two in the league this season so a pretty poor start um, and they're one of those who I know it was a lot, long time ago, longer ago than us, but they've still they've got that big ground. They've had that previous experience. They're they're still in name a big club and in history a big club. So it's not an easy place to go by any stretch. And they obviously had that long, long unbeaten run at home, which fell away a lot last season. And obviously we grabbed a really good result there early on last year. Um, but yeah, they, they've struggled so far this year. And um, like the other teams we've played recently, I. I I don't think we should go there with anything to fear and we're on the back of two good run uh, wins and we're in a good bit of form. So, yeah, I'm quietly confident. It's, in- it's interesting, wasn't it? You said there's a little bit of tension. I've noticed it on Twitter. There's a little bit of tension between the owners 
and the fans at Bradford. I mean, they, they, they've done some good things there, these owners as well. They, they, they've ordered season tickets are really cheap, so they get really good uh, crowds uh, up at Bradford. But it's just interesting how everywhere, there's, everywhere there's, there seems to be this little bit of friction between fans and owners at every club these days, isn't it? Yeah, I think, I think it's obviously the left-field appointment of uh, the youth coach, which you can, you know, you hope that he, he does well when he... Um, well, if you're a Bradford fan, obviously, you know, I hope he does well because he's come from youth and that. But it was a, an appointment where they're probably Bradford are probably looking at someone a bit more, a bit more settled and a bit more experienced because it weren't long ago when they were, you know, when they had Marshy and two years Darkie, ago the playoff yeah, final, yeah. They, they were up there and they fell away a bit last year, and they, you know they were hoping they've got some good players there. You got Doyle there up front, who I think we were linked, we, we, we were linked with him in January or something. I mean Doyle, were, were you yeah, 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 that's right, yeah, when he was so, uh, when he went to Oldham. Yeah, they've got obviously Sadoff. I think he's distantly related. I don't think he's Clarence Sadoff. No, he's Sherwin. Sherwin Sadoff. But yeah, I don't know if. Yeah, I mean they've got some good players, but yeah, now they've got a Palace ex Palace player. Yeah, I mean you can only win even more. You could only you could only go downhill now. They bought David Hopkins in right. Um, <laughs> two 0 up. His first game they were two 0 up with six minutes left to go. Blackpool <laughs> lost by three goals to do. Excellent stuff, right? <laughs> they, they, we're so going to pay for this on Saturday, aren't we? Right. Um, uh, obviously, from a charm point of view, we want to know what's going on with the uh, with the team. Um, so Jamie Ward and Josh Cullen have both been away on international duty this week. So Lee Bayer was asked if they have come back injury free. Yeah, they're both fine. Uh, obviously, Josh played two ninety minutes while he was away. So rather, that didn't happen on a Tuesday, but see, we can't control that. Uh, I just spoke to Jamie there, and, and he's raring to go. You know, he came and watched us against our friend, and he's excited. It's a new challenge for him, and um, he, he's looking forward to, to getting out of there and, and showing us what he can do. Could both figure at Bradford City. Um, maybe after have a look at Josh. You know, he's played ninety minutes on Tuesday. He's then have to travel to travel back from Ireland. So I see how he is this morning. Might be a case of bringing him on later on in the game. But um, I wait up. I see. But Jamie, I think he's he's raring to go. So. I think for him drifting off the wings, I, I think he's very effective and um, yeah, and, and, could, and could do well on Saturday. I think. Can you confirm whether Christian Bielik, Darren Prattley, and Nicky Josie are all unavailable for Saturday because of injury? Yeah, they're all unavailable. Um, I think uh, they all might be running in the next maybe ten days, two weeks, so they're out for a little while. But that's. That's a norm now in today's football. As you start getting people back, you lose people, and but that's because of what they, the effort they put out there every day in training in games. Unfortunately, that's just part of the game. I've asked just before I asked you again. Do you ever dream of having a fully fit squad available to you? Yeah, I think every manager would would say yeah to that, but it's never really the case. There's always injuries in the squad, and um, that's why it was important for us to. So bringing quality players, so when we do get injuries, we have quality players to come in and to replace them, you know, and um, and we're no different. We'd obviously love to have a full squad, I would, to, to choose from and, and to rotate people that need rotating. Um, but we just can't seem to get to that situation at the moment, but I'm happy with what I've got available for the weekend, so um, it is what it is. 
And very good news, Billy Clark is nearing the final phase of his rehabilitation. Yeah, yeah. It would be great to get Billy back. It's like another signing for me. Um, very clever player. Take him a while to get his match fitness up, obviously. He's been out a long time. But um, he's a great lad and, and a great addition. He's going to be another great addition to the squad. And, and we'll have to use him wisely in the beginning. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased for him to, to get back and start running. He's running now, so he'll be out with us, I think, with the ball soon. And it um, be great to have him back. Do you have any idea when he might be available to you? No, maybe in the next couple of weeks, two, three weeks, maybe. But he's he's running, so whenever I see someone running, I just think, well, that's it, they're back. But with Billy, that's going to be a bit different. We have to be careful with him. And um, but as soon as he's back, the better for everybody. Lee Bo, you're looking ahead to Saturday's trip up to Bradford City. Then uh, talk about Billy Clark, though, of course, former Bradford man at the end. So getting closer and closer, but it's still probably another month or so by the sounds of it because even by the time he's running he, he needs to get his fitness and whatnot, and you have to be careful with an injury like the ACL which is what Billy had but um, so encouraging that the, the two players have returned from international duty fit um, in, in, in Cullen and in Ward so it'll be interesting to see whether either of those get the start on Saturday maybe not Cullen by, judging by what Boyer was saying yeah I'm not really sure because I would have thought Cullen would have gone straight back in but the way he's talking maybe not um so I don't know who's going to sit if we do play a midfield free, who that will be. But um, yeah, I'd also be surprised if Ward starts myself. Um, but to have both of them on the bench again, it just again it reiterates the fact that we've got some strength in depth now. And when you think of the other players that are missing, um, like Billy Clark, like Fossu, like Jake, obviously who's out for the season. We, okay, the squad's still not massive, but the 18-19 that we have got now is so much stronger mm. than it was, and that's really encouraging. We think the front two will pick themselves in Taylor and Grant, of course, but now, and now, I mean, it depends which formation we're going to play. Yeah. Are we going to play the four-four-two with a diamond in in the middle? Uh, are we going to play the three-five-two? <laughs> so you know, if we do play the three-five-two, you'd imagine Saar, Pearson, Bauer at the back, like it was last Saturday. Solly and Page as the wing backs, and then it's how it works out uh, in the midfield, really, isn't it? Um, you know, Cullen. I've written down Cullen, Arebo, and Reeves. Now, now we're not sure about Cullen now because of what Boya said there. And Reeves, is he going to be fit enough to start? Is the question mm. I guess. Yeah, and I've, I said off there, I'd give Anthony Jicks do a little go in. Um, he's na- that's where his natural position is. So his natural position is a more defensive yeah. midfielder. So therefore, yeah. it'll be a four-four-two diamond rather yeah. than three-five-two. Yeah, that was, yeah, you could, and then that's what I would do personally because I think yeah, if Cullen's not fit enough to start, or you you know you don't want to burn him out too quickly. Yeah, yeah, you say Reeves just come back. Rebo and Lapsley, you could put them in a two, and then, like you say, do four four two wingers. But I think, because I think uh, Carlin, he, towards the end of the game on against Wickham, he sort of dropped a bit deeper at the top of that diamond where he gets the ball and drives, which I thought he'd done quite well in. But I wouldn't change the top two, like you say, and yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Or will he just start Carlin? Because we ain't really got anyone else there, there especially yeah. with Billick and Prattley out. We ain't really got that defensive cover. Yeah, we say with. Uh a Billick, Prattley and a Jose are all out, of course, from uh, the, the last couple of weeks who, who, who could have played. Um, so, Reeves, I, I mentioned Reeves, do you think he'd be fit enough to start? I mean, I mean, because clearly, many people saying that was his best performance in Championship last yeah. week against Wickham. So, whether he's fit enough to come in from the start and do that. I, I think he could be, you know, because he played in the checker trade as well. So, he's had a lot of minutes under his belt. Um, I think it easily was his best performance last weekend. 
I don't know if he'd last the full 90, but by that stage, depending on a result, you can obviously bring players off the bench and change things around. You've obviously got Albie there as well, who I know was carrying a knock, but I think, is he fit again now? So I think we've got options. I'd be surprised. I'd like uh, George Lapsley and Joe Rebo to start in, in whatever formation we go with. Mm. Um, and then I, I suppose, yeah, it's it depends how Boya then decides to set up. But as we've said time and time again, he's not afraid to change things up depending on who we're playing. So... We'll have to wait and see on Saturday, I guess. Now, we ran a poll on our Instagram account. We do have one. Uh, Lewis Cat has uh, reignited it recently at Charlton Live on Instagram. Uh, plenty of good stuff on there. And we did a poll on there today on our story uh, saying, who would you like to pick in goal out of Jed Steer and Dylan Phillips? Of course, I mean, last week when, when Jed Steer came in and we did a, a poll before the game, um, I think the majority of people said they felt it was quite harsh on Dylan. Uh, Bowyer saying it was because he, he feels that Steers' footwork, you know, work on the ball uh, with the ball at his feet is better than Dylan's. Uh, that's why he did it. Now we did the poll, and 65% say they want to see Jed Steer keep the, his place. Now up at Bradford, uh, 35% say they want Dylan to come back in. So make sure you check out our channel live Instagram. There'll be plenty more good content on there as uh, as the weeks go on. Now very quickly, uh, the cashy back. We're on a hat trick here. Well, it's not the cashy back. It's the Jacko's jackpot. We're on a hat trick. What have we gone for? Uh, Lawrence sort of picked uh, for Charlton to win. Both teams to score and Lyle to Taylor score at any time. So it's with Skybet because um, they don't do. We're not big enough to do request a bet. So they're going to try and make one tomorrow, hopefully. So I could. I'll put that on tomorrow when I hear back from him and then uh, find out how much we'll be winning on the third time in a row. Excellent. Right. Uh, very quick predictions, lads. Tom. Uh, Desmond. Desmond's oh. got the Archbishop Desmond 2-2 I'm going to go for 1-0 because no, they they don't score many goals so, no. uh, well apart from Saturday but yeah I'm going to go 1-0 <laughs> yeah excellent well let's hope that uh, let's hope there is three points for Charlton up at Bradford City and we can extend our winning run to three games right this has been Charlton Live the big match preview uh, the hour's flown by so thanks to all of you who've uh, listened in and uh, joined in as well thank you uh, Tom for coming in. Cheers, mate. Nathan Muller, thanks for coming in. Cheers, enjoy your weekend. Fawaz Al Hasawi, thanks for coming in. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, right, okay. Yep. <laughs> Cheers, I've been Louis Mendes. This has been Charlton the Big Match Preview. We'll be back here on Sunday evening, hopefully talking about three points for them addicts. See you later. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.